Good morning, church. How are y'all doing? My name is Mitchell Thompson. Um, I am my, I'm the one of the pastor, or I'm the pastor's son, actually. Yeah. The fourth kid. Sorry, that's kind of confusing to say. But um, my dad's out of town, so you're kind of in for a treat. Um, I'm fresh out of college, 22, so odds are we're probably going to get out of here a little early. Hope that's good with y'all. That good with y'all? Yeah? Well, let's pray and we'll dive in, all right? Father, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for the opportunity to just come and learn about you. Come and um, hear what you have to say. Learn more about your word. Learn more about your love. And God, I'm grateful for the opportunity to even preach. I pray that, Holy Spirit, you give me the words to preach. Give me the words to um, teach and speak. That I, I pray that this, this service, this Sunday, isn't just another, uh, another message, but I pray it's impactful. I pray that it allows us to go and make disciples go and um, just grow in you. Father, we are thankful for you. I pray that I, I fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, as Paul writes. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, um, my dad preached last week. Um, like I said, he's, he's out of town, so he gave me the, um, the opportunity to preach. I'm super grateful. But uh, he preached on Jesus is holy. Jesus is holy. And we're in this series called Jesus Changes Everything. And um, I wrote this message, and it's called, When You Compare, You Feel Despair. When you compare, you feel despair. And you might ask, what is despair? And it's at a loss. When you, when you lose, maybe uh, to be hopeless, um, to have hopelessness. And look, I, I've been there. There's different levels of comparison, different levels of despair. There really is. But I want to tell you all a funny story about myself. Um, like I said, I, I, I got three other siblings. My, I got an older sister. She's 31. And she was here the first service. It was kind of awkward because I like looked at her in the back. I was like, you're 31, right? And she's like, yeah, I'm 31. But she's 31. I got another sister. She's turning 28 in July. And I got a brother who's 23. And throughout my entire life, we were always on the same baseball team, same football teams. I felt like we were twins. Still do sometimes, even though he's married and had, living his life. But um, throughout the years, I would com compare myself to him in a lot of ways. And every Christmas there'd be a, a comparison, uh, a time of comparison, like who's getting the better gift? Who's getting the better Christmas present? And uh, a lot of times he'd win, sometimes I'd win, you know, it was a battle of the brothers. But one year, and look, this was uh, a couple years ago. It wasn't like when I was five years old or 10 years old. This was like when I was uh, probably 19 or 20. So y'all might think I'm a little ungrateful, but one time we're, we're opening up uh, presents and, you know, we'd usually get similar gifts when, you, when you're close in age. And um, I, I'm opening up mine, and he's opening up his. I'm like, oh, you're kind of, you're, you're, you're going a little faster than me. I see, I see your gift over there. And I got a black uh, shaving kit bag, like black leather, super nice. My brother gets a, a brown uh, shaving kit, uh, brown leather one, you know, and his was better. His was better. I remember. Still, look, I still use the same one. This is how recent it was. Still got the same shaving kit. His was better, you know. I'm like, man, he's got the compartments. His, his has the gadgets and the zippers and I just got one zipper, you know, one open, you know, and you know, I'm like, all right, you know, and I'm comparing, I'm not, I'm not really paying attention, and the funny thing is, he knew his was better, too, he was comparing, too, we were, we were, we were, uh, who's better, you know, and the funny thing is, after, after the, it's all said and done, after the presents ended, after, you know, Christmas was kind of coming to a close, he's like, yeah, man, these, these shaving kits are, they're sick, you know, and he's like, I think mine's better, you know, I'm like, whoa, whoa, and 
And uh, I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, yeah, you know, I don't know. But anyways, look, we do that. We do that with everything in our lives. We really do. We do that um, with maybe the truck you drive, maybe uh, how you look in the gym, maybe uh, your bank account. We're constantly comparing ourselves. We're constantly comparing ourselves. And look, that's not how God created us. God didn't create us to compare ourselves. He didn't. And look, as I said, when, when you compare, you feel despair. And I want to tell you all some statistics that, man, they're powerful. And so they're up here. I'm just going to tell them or tell you 90% of females struggle with comparison. And men, we're not off the hook. 65% of men deal with comparison. And look, I was talking to my barber. Anyone have those deep talks with your barber? I know the ladies do with the hairdressers, you know. But uh, look, I was talking to my barber, and I was like, yeah, 65%. He's like, yeah, that's, what, that's, what, that, that's the 65% of men who are actually um, saying that, who are actually uh, sharing that, you know. And then my, my favorite statistics, 10% of our thoughts are of us comparing ourselves to others. And here's a crazy statistic I, I didn't put up here. Um, 70, we have... Every person has an average of 70,000 thoughts per day, which means we're having 7,000, if I'm doing my math correctly, 7,000 thoughts of just pure comparison of, man, he's more jacked, she's more pretty, they got more money, his truck's nicer. Man, do you see how fast that thing went? We have all these thoughts where it's just comparison, compare, 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 compare. And I just think it's en enough is enough. Man, we have these side effects where it's re uh, research has shown that people who regularly compare themselves to others may find motivation to improve. But, and look, I like to improve. Look, I'm all about improving, love improvements. But may also experience feelings of deep dissatisfaction, guilt, remorse, and engage in destructive behaviors like lying or disordered eating and man, anxiety and depression are weaved into all those side effects. I'm a guy that deals with anxiety. It's the truth. I think sometimes it's for me comparing myself to others. Am I ever going to make it like this person? Am I going to be like them? Am I going to do this, that, that? And look, we got good news. Because look, this book, it's Holy Bible. There's a story of a guy who's dealing with comparison. And it's Peter. And uh, Peter is one of my favorite uh, characters in the Bible, even though he's a real person, one of my favorite people in the Bible, um, just because you see his falls where he just totally messes up, but you see his victories, and man, you, you get to see his life where uh, fisherman to disciple to man denies Jesus, uh, reinstated, preaches in, in front of uh, thousands of people, 3,000 get saved, ends up being martyred for his faith. That's the Jesus, or that's the Peter we're talking about today. And I want to I want to read uh, John 21, 15 through 23. Um, it's up there. Yep. If you want to flip there, you can, or go on your phone. I'm good with whatever, but I'm going to read it. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do thee, do, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all these things. You know that I love you. 
Jesus said, feed my sheep. I just want to give you all a little bit of context. I, I'm, a, I'm a big context guy. I like like y'all know, I like statistics, but I like background. I like to know what's going on. I, I kind of already gave you all a little bit, but this passage is where um, Peter is reinstated as a disciple. You know, Jesus, uh, before, right before Jesus was uh, crucified, he was arrested. And man, they're asking Peter, like, hey, uh, you know Jesus? He's like, don't know the man. You know Jesus? No, don't know the man. Hey, you know Jesus? No, I don't know the man. And rebuked him. And next thing you know, the rooster crows and uh, prophecy was fulfilled that, G- uh, that Peter was going to deny Jesus three times. And man, Jesus dies and resurrects. Amen. Well, Peter's back fishing and, and Jesus shows up and, he, and he's talking to him and, and he's asking him, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. That's the context. That's why he's asking all this. But I want y'all to catch this part. He said, very truly, this is Jesus telling Peter, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one whom, this is the one who had leaned back against Jesus at supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. And look, I just want you to put yourself in Peter's shoes. I love doing this. When I read the Bible, man, I was reading um, Isaiah and Job the other day. I'm like, man, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. But put yourself in Peter's shoes, all right? Him and Jesus, you know, taking a stroll down the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is telling him, look, hey, you're, you're going to be crucified that, that's what this passage, that's what uh, verse 18 is talking about. Jesus is saying, hey, look, um, you're going to be crucified because of me. Your, your death is going to glorify the Father. It's going to glorify me. Follow me. And look, the, the crazy thing is Jesus tells Peter this, and man, 30 years later, 30 years later, Peter's still following Jesus, even after uh, Jesus has already told Peter how he's going to die. 30 years goes on. And man, he's crucified upside down because he doesn't feel worthy enough to die the same death that Jesus did. That's the Peter we're talking about. But man, we're walking down Sea of Galilee and Jesus is telling him all this, telling him that, telling him this. And man, Peter, first thing Peter says is, what about him? What about the guy behind me following us? What about him? And we do that in our lives. We do that in our lives. And it's not like the, uh, the beloved disciple, man. Look, I'll just be honest. If I was Peter, I'd probably be comparing myself to the beloved disciple as well. I mean, look at his name, the beloved disciple. That's crazy. But man, I, like Jesus is saying, what about him? Or Peter's saying, what about him? And Jesus is saying, what is that to you? You must follow me. You must follow me. So you might be thinking, man, how did, how did Peter fight comparison? By following Jesus. Look, Peter was comparing himself. Man, you, if you read the Gospels, you see that uh, Peter and John constantly have this like, like kind of button heads, you know? Like there's, uh, when, when Jesus uh, resurrected, or they went to go see the tomb, and the tomb was empty, and uh, it, it says in John that John beat Peter to the tomb. He's like, I outran Peter. Like, man, he's like, Yo, I, I beat him. 
You know, so we're constantly, we're in this battle of comparison. You know, just like, just like Peter is comparing himself to John, Jesus is saying, what is that to you? And look, I don't know if any of y'all like uh, John Piper, anyone here? John Piper fan? Got one, two, awesome. Uh, a plus on the day, y'all know John Piper. No, I'm just kidding. But look, uh, uh, I'm studying this passage and man, uh, like I'm looking up articles, I'm, I'm, I'm reading uh, commentaries and, and John Piper says his translation is Peter, mind your own business, follow me. Mind your own business, follow me. And look, what's interesting is that, that, that phrase, follow me, in verse 19, and look, I'm not the best when it comes to Greek. Um, I got a C minus in college. I took four semesters, and I feel like they passed just because they liked me. But uh, <laughs> I'm for real. <laughs> but uh, maybe they didn't like me because I, I didn't like them. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, anyways, look. I got a C minus in Greek, but anyways, like, if you look at that, that translation, if you look at it, if you go really deep into it, that word follow is written in the aorist uh, the tense, meaning it's uh, continuous, meaning keep on following me. Peter, don't just follow me today. Follow me the rest of your life. Follow me forever. And that's what he did. He did that. And that's how you fight comparison, by following Jesus. I want you to think of it like this. If someone's like, hey, let's go meet up for... Um, food, you know, after today, you know, let's say someone's like, hey, let's, let's go get some food. And you're like, hey, let's go to, um, so, hey, someone throw me a, a place to eat. Give me Chipotle. So let's say someone's like, yeah, let's go to Chipotle. And they're like, wait, where's Chipotle? And you're like, yeah, why, why do you not know where Chipotle is? You know, it's like delicious, but you're going to follow them. They're like, hey, just follow me. And you, you get in the car and you're following them. And, but if you, if you look away from them, you're not going to be able to keep following them. They might take a turn here. It might take a turn here. Maybe you're like, oh, I thought they took a turn, but they keep on going straight. And that's how we have to be with Jesus. That's how we have to be in our lives. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. We have to keep looking for Jesus. We have to keep watching Jesus. And the first thing you do, you do when you follow Jesus is you make him the Lord of your life. You make him the Lord of your life. You follow him. You do what this word says. You read this word. You hang out with people that love the Lord. You go to church. You, you obey it. You seek him. You draw near to him. James, I think it's 4.10 says, draw near to God. He draws near to you. Man, we can do that. But man, you have to follow him. And you might be thinking, man, you know, that's cool, but why, why should I follow him? Why should I follow him? If that's the, the key to fight in comparison, if that's the key to fight in comparison, then, then what's, what's so good about that? Because sometimes I like to compare, you know, I'm I, maybe I'm, I'm better at this person than that. Maybe I got more money than them. I personally don't because, you know, I just got out of college. But maybe, you know, like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of, you know. But uh, maybe you're compa- we're, ta- we're constantly comparing ourselves. But, man, that, I've said this. That that's not why God created us. Well, that's not why he created us. Honestly, it's, I want to say this. It's anti what we believe. It's anti what we believe. And look, I got these verses. Um, yeah, you might ask, why should I not compare? Why, why should I follow Jesus? Why should I not compare? And I got, I got these, these points that, man, I hold on to in my life. And the first one, Psalm 139, um, 13 through 14, it's, for you created my inmost being, you knit, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made Wonderful are your works. I know that full well. And man, that is a great verse. I hold on to it. I probably say it all the time. I've told mentors that I memorize it. Um, Psalm 139, if you haven't read it, go read it. For real. 
It's, it's something I, I try and memorize and, and recite to myself because it helps me know that God created me. God created me. The creator of the world created me and he created all of you, everyone in here. Psalm 139, knit you together in your mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. If you look at that word, um, wonderful, it's written, in, uh, and look, I'm not, I didn't take Hebrew, but I like studying it. In the Hebrew, it's written in the perfect tense, meaning that it's a completed event, a completed situation, meaning that when you were created, even before you were born, when you were knit together in your mother's womb, God made you fearfully and wonderfully made. He already made you fearfully and wonderfully made. You don't have to earn that. You don't, have to, you don't have to earn that. You don't have to work for it. You already are. You already are. And if you look at, if you go in even deeper, that, that word wonderful is pala. Man, and um, when, you, when you study it in the Hebrew, there, there's actually, uh, sometimes we, we miss out on translations of the original text. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. New Testament was written in Greek. And, and that Hebrew word for pala even goes deeper. And, it, and it's uh, distinct. That means distinct, distinguished, marked, set apart, um, separated. My favorite one is marked. Man, I am marked by the creator. I'm marked by God. I'm marked by a creator who loves me and knows me and knit me together and made me fearfully and wonderfully. And look, you know who, you know who wrote that? King David. And look, we, we got it in the bios. We got it in the, we got the tattoo. We got the, we got the, uh, maybe you got that on like a, a decal on your car, you know, like I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, you know? And look, I, I'm about it. You know, I'm about it. Look, I am, you know, you are too. But man, a king wrote that. That shepherd boy um, who at 14 went and uh, killed Goliath and chopped off his head and held it up. And man, was, was that dude. He was that guy. And then he ends up being the king. He's created. He, he's, he knows that he is created by the creator and that, that God loves him. And that, I want to lead on to that. God loves you for God so loved the world. We, know, we all know this verse, John 3, 16. We all know this verse, for God so loved the world. He gave his one only son, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We, we say that, we know it's the most known verse probably in the world, but man, we gotta believe it. We have to believe it. We have to know and believe that the God of the universe, the God that created me sent his own son for God so loved the world. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us. And man, he doesn't want you to compare yourself. He doesn't. He, you know why? Because he created you. You are fearful and wonderfully made. That's what I want you to know today. And man, I want you to even know that you're actually purchased. You're bought for a price. Bought at a price. 1 Corinthians 6.20, Paul wrote it to the Corinthians. For you are bought at a price. If you look at that word bought, man, like, uh, man, I'm getting kind of deep, but actually like it's purchased, like, like you're at a market. Man, God purchased us. How did he purchase us? By the blood on the cross. Jesus, Jesus made us right. He atoned for our sins. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner, but man, because of this cross, I am okay. I am enough because of the son of God who died. We said it, who died, is risen, and is coming back. That, that is what we hold on to. When I'm fighting comparison, man, you know what? I'm like, no, I, I'm fearful. I'm wonderful. God loves me. Man, Jesus loves you. Man, that guy's not just going to die just because. Man, he loves you. John 15, 9. 
as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. And we have to remain in his love. We have to remain, and some translations might say abide. We have to remain and abide in the love of the Father and the love of the Son. We gotta allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in us and work in us and sanctify us and comfort us. Because man, there's days when man, the comparison hits hard. And you're like, man, did you really, you created me? And he's like, yes. You know why? Because we're children of God. We are children of God. Galatians 3, 26, 27 says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. And if you've been baptized in Christ, for all who were baptized into Christ have been clothed have clothed themselves with Christ. Man, if you've been baptized, you, have, you are wearing Christ. That is your new identity. You, you, you are identifying yourself as a follower of Jesus. Your, his blood is on you. You are, you. you are set apart. You are sanctified. You are saved. But we have to live like it. We have to, we have to believe it. And I know that I keep saying it, but you have to believe what this, what this book says, what, what this word says. If you go through and read uh, the entirety of it, and look, I haven't yet, but I believe that all of it says, it points back to a God who loves you. First John 4, 16 says, God is love. And that's who he is. God is love. You can't have God without love. You can't have love without God because that's what we're built on. And look, I'll be honest. I'm a, I'm a person who, uh, and struggle with comparison. And I want to tell y'all a story real quick. I get a sip of water, so it's about to be good. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, look, uh, so look, I, you know, I wrote this, when you compare, you feel despair. And look, man, I, man I, I've compared and I felt despair. You know, look, you know, I'm 22, you know, you know, you know, y'all with me? No. But uh, look, one time, actually about four years ago, um, I was signed to the school to go and wrestle in college, and um, I was signed there nine months, and man, I was super pumped about it, super pumped about the opportunity, but the entire time, I knew I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do, and man, I, I was restless, I was doing my own thing, I wasn't, wasn't seeking God, but man, I was acting like it, and man, people knew, you know, I, I, people understood, um, but man, I go to this conference two weeks before I'm supposed to uh, move in. Literally two weeks, you know. I'm like, I'm wearing the shirts, you know. I got like, I already went and stayed there for like freshman orientation. Like, I already got the friends, got the teammates, you know. And um, two weeks before I'm supposed to move in, I'm at this Christian conference, and man, God wrecks my world. We battle it out, and he he beat me. Uh, he beat me, but uh, he calls me a ministry. He calls me to be a pastor. I know what I'm doing. Um, it, the life I was living at that time was miserable, man. I was chasing everything that I wanted. And man, I like won success, status, man, it, it was not Jesus. It was not Jesus. And man, at that camp, I was like, man, if Jesus wants me to be uh, a fall, like a true follower of Christ and to, to um, go and be a pastor and preach his word, I'm going to do it. I'm going to turn my life around. I rededicated my life to Christ and, uh, it was hard. It was hard. I decommitted from that school. I literally got home from that camp, called up the coach, like, hey, man, I can't make it. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, he's like, you can, dude, can you? I'm like, no, man, I'm sorry. And I uh, signed with a southern school, and I thought that God would have been, um, I want to use the word, I, since I gave up a bunch of stuff, I thought that God was going to be easy on me after I, I changed my plans, and it was going to be way better, and it was way worse. That, that year, 
my freshman year of college, man, it was, it was hard, you know, and COVID hit my freshman year of college and I was praising God guys, because I didn't want to be at my university anymore. I drove home happy because I didn't want to be there anymore. And, and at that whole time I was sitting there, I was like, God, like for the entire year, you know, like my, my first semester of college, all I did, I read the entire New Testament in my first semester of college because, man, I had no friends. Uh, everyone else wasn't living for the Lord, and they were just going and partying. And, man, I'm not going to do that. And, man, I'm like, sit, I'm seeking God. I'm like, why did you call me to be a pastor? Why did you call me in ministry? Why did you make me change my plans? And, and you sent me to the school that, in South Georgia, and I'm not a South Georgia boy, you know, y'all can kind of tell. And, man, I'm like, this is horrible. And, man, uh, it was like that for, like, the whole first year. I'm like, man, I, what's going on? Funny story is, uh, like after, you know, after COVID hit, we're all in the pandemic and my dad and, and I are like, we're, we're like talking about stuff. And I, one day I was like, dad, I don't want to go in ministry. And he's like, then you shouldn't, you know, like we're going back and forth and like, y'all can laugh at that. Cause he's the pastor. He's not, he's not here. He's out of town. You can tell him I said that. And we made up and he's like, I think you're going to be a great pastor one day. You know, like, I'm like, I appreciate that. But anyways, that's going on. And like, true story, like that, that is true. I'm like, God, I'm sorry. You know, but I transfer schools. And I'm still trying, I'm like still kind of find my identity in, in wrestling and, and what I can do and what I can accomplish. But man, things didn't work out. I wasn't really um, enjoying it. You know, I wasn't enjoying even after wrestling in college and being at a better university. I wasn't finding my identity in the cross, in the son of God, in the God that made me, in the God that created me, in the one that made me fearfully and wonderfully made. Until I did. And I got back from a camp um, after my sophomore year of college. I was interning with Kurt Petersheim. And man, uh, man, I'm interning, I'm at this camp, and man, like, God, God's working on me, you know, and, I, and I'm leading some kids to the Lord. I ended up baptizing some kids, and I'm not telling y'all that to sound cool. I'm just telling you, it was a crazy week. It was like the first uh, real taste of like, doing true discipling, true ministry. And look, I'm not telling y'all this story to, to get y'all to do ministry. I mean, that, that's the goal, but like not, you know what I'm saying? But anyways, I, I get back from that camp and uh, man, I love my dad. I'm not just telling y'all that because he's the pastor here, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. I love my dad, I really do. But um, I get back from that camp and man, I'm telling my dad, like, we, we, he's like, hey, you wanna go fishing? I'm like, sure, I'm terrible at fishing, but I'll go with you. But um, we're, we're sitting on the boat, and I'm like, man, this week was awesome. Man, God was really speaking to me, and this and that. Man, I can't wait to be a pastor one day. And I, man, I love preaching. I love, man, I was leading people and this and that. And, man, and, then, I, and then as soon as I start talking about that, guess what I start doing? Comparing myself. Comparing myself. And, I, and I'm like, man, I saw Louis Giglio do this. He's got a mega church in Atlanta running the Passion City conferences and Passion City churches. I'm like, man, I saw Louis doing this. Man, I saw Francis Chan doing that. Man, I saw Matt Chandler doing this. Man, I saw Ben Stewart. I saw all the, I was, I was, I was comparing myself to all these big timers. And look, I, I'm, I'm thankful for the big timers. I'm thankful that they're, they're changing the world for Jesus. And man, I'm sitting there and you know what my dad does? He goes, oh, hey, hey, let's slow down. I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, look, it took, took those guys a long time to get where they're at. So it took a long time for Louie to get to where he's at. And he goes, you know, there, there's only one Louie Giglio. I'm like, whoa, man, you're right. You know, I'm like, man, you know, like he like really put me, I'm like, whoa. You know, you gotta think we're fishing and I'm not catching a thing. <laughs> and uh, he looks at me and says, you know, God made Louie Giglio. There's no other Louie Giglio out there. 
but he made you as well. There's, there's no other Mitchell Thompson. You're the only Mitchell Thompson there is, and you got to walk in that. And I'm here to tell you all the same message. You are the only you. You're the only you. There's no one else. No one, no, no one does you better but you. But how? By following Jesus, following the one that created you, following the God who created the world. And look, man, this, this series is Jesus Changes Everything. And man, he's still changing me every day. I, I want him to keep changing you every day. But it starts with following Jesus and finding your identity in him. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you all a, a chance to maybe put your faith in Jesus for the first time. Maybe rededicate your life to Christ. Or maybe, man, the altars are going to be open. Or maybe you want to sit down and pray, but man, I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell God, tell God what I'm dealing with, what you're dealing with, how you're dealing with comparison. Because when you compare, you feel despair. But with Jesus, you don't have to compare because you're already enough. You're smart enough. You're pretty enough. You're jacked enough. Your bank account's overflowing. No, I'm just kidding. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is what's, what, what happened on the cross. What matters is the Son of God came down from heaven, born a virgin birth, grew up, never sinned, died on the cross for you and for me, or for me and for you, or you and me. But we have to walk in that. We have to follow him. We have to. I mean, I think about the, the side effects of comparing dissatisfaction. That ain't Jesus. Guilt, that ain't Jesus. Remorse, that ain't Jesus. Lying, that's not Jesus. But you know it's Jesus? Love. You know it's God? Love. So let's walk in that. Because you are enough because of the cross. You are. Let's pray.